everyone, Sarah Brown Wessling here from the Council of Chief State School Officers National Teacher of the Year program. And I am so excited to announce the third season of Voices from the Classroom, the State Teacher of the Year podcast. CCSSO's National Teacher of the Year program provides a platform for exceptional educators to elevate issues that affect teachers and their students, to expand their leadership roles, and to inform policy and practice. In this season of the podcast, 2022 State Teachers of the Year will teach us about the lessons their students keep talking about. Maybe it's the one that they come back to years later and tell the teachers about, or maybe it's the one their most recent students have asked for over and over again. This season, we are honored to have two past State Teachers of the Year conducting the interviews themselves. You'll hear Stacy McAdoo, 2019 Arkansas State Teacher of the Year, John Arthur, 2021 State Teacher of the Year, and me in conversation with our teachers throughout this season. I invite you to listen to these incredible stories. Welcome, everyone, to the Voices from the Classroom podcast. I am Stacey McAdoo, your forever 2019 Arkansas Teacher of the Year. And today I am here with the 2022 New Jersey State Teacher of the Year. Uh, (laughs) Will you introduce yourself and tell us what you teach and just a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hi, Stacy. My name is Teresa Mon, and I am from the great state of New Jersey. I am a history teacher, high school history teacher. Sometimes they pull me in to teach an eighth grade class as well. And um, I have been a New Jersey educator for 40 years and um, very excited to be here with you today. 40 years. That is very, very impressive. When you think back over your career, is there one particular lesson that students always talk about or that they they come back to you years later and say, I'll never forget this? Yeah, I've been reflecting on that uh, recently. And um, in fact, as of last week, I touched base with a former student of mine who is currently in college. And uh, two things came to mind for her. One is that I normally do and introduce uh, National History Day as a project for my students. So she was very much um, really pleased with that experience because she said it really introduced her to the idea of a love of research and to understand the nature of historical uh, research and process. But the lesson that came to mind for her and her peers, who she still stays in touch with, has to do with music. I love to infuse music in my class as often as I can. I use it as an introduction sometimes to the beginning of the lesson. Um, It's a pick-me-up. It helps to focus the kids. So we were on a unit, and this was sophomore year for her. We were on a unit that was about the reform movements, the antebellum reform movements. And so for you non-history people, that would be where we were looking at um, finding out about the 
the beginnings of the women's movement. We were looking at reforms for improving conditions in prisons and in schools and reforms that affected um, the attempt to bring an end to uh, alcohol uh, temperance movements. Those and of course, the big reform movement that deals with the abolition of enslavement in America. Instead of going the traditional route, what I asked my students to do was multifaceted. Um, One is I believe that they should find the information from primary sources as much as possible. So kind of guiding them to archives and guiding them to specific documents that they can analyze and respond to. But the culminating activity, this was a group activity, is to create an original rap, a piece of music about their particular reform movement. And they were asked to connect what they learn about the past movement to anything similar, uh, issues that are similar today that we still need to address and improve upon. So within the group, they all had responsibilities. You know, there was the researcher, there was the creative director, there was the writer, um, all of the different responsibilities. It was on them to decide what kind of music they wanted to use. And they're so skilled at finding current songs that they could use without lyrics. So then I don't know if copyright laws may have been violated, but I'm not checking at all on this. So they decide as a group on the background music that they want. They compose their lyrics. Um, They're given guidelines as to um, how long, you know, I didn't want someone that did research that resulted in a song that only had one stanza, right? So there were some guidelines in terms of the depth of knowledge that I needed them to demonstrate. And so they created and composed their lyrics, but we took it a step further because then it was going to be showcased. We had the day when we had our class showcase of all of the different group presentations. And I had my iPad and they knew in advance that they would be recorded and I still have the videos on my iPad. And so on the day of our showcase, each group came forward and some of the members, they even created choreography in some cases, to accompany their music and to accompany their lyrics. They also had uh, slide presentations in the background as uh, scenery or to enhance the lesson that they were trying to get across to us. And they determined themselves who would play what role in the showcase. There were some students who didn't feel comfortable being the actual performer So it was up to the group to find a role and decide what they would do um, on that particular day. And I'll tell you, it's amazing. Um, They were very supportive of each other. But we as educators know that this is the kind of project that you can do 
but you first have to lay the groundwork of creating an environment where there's trust and where the students feel safe to be themselves and safe to perform. So the day of the showcase, each group came forward and uh, did their presentation. And I must admit, one that sticks in my head, and it happened to be uh, done by a student who I'm still very much in touch with, even though she's in college right now. And uh, they used uh, Shaggy, It Wasn't Me. And their focus was on the women's movement. And they talked about the inequity in salary and what women, you know, what jobs women could have at that time and compared it to the inequity in salaries today. And it's wonderful. And so students will come back and I have them as sophomores. And if I have them as seniors, they will ask some of them for me to play it for them so that they can look back and have a good giggle on what they were like at that time when they created it. What do you think is the the biggest lesson that your students learn from that lesson? It's a great question. I think what they learned is that information content, historical content can be relevant and authentic. And that the way we approach history should not be through the previous ways of rote memorization, that there can be creative control. But I think importantly, they recognize their empowerment in the process, that they were able to, A, choose their uh, reform movement. So there's student choice involved. They were able to design and create the project just from collaboration within their group. This is not something that I dictated. Um, We had previously created a rubric together so that they all understood uh, what it is that was expected. And having that choice and then being able to express it and have creative control, gave them control over the learning process. I was really in the background. I had relinquished the authority, if you want, of my class to the students. And I really think that's what makes them remember this lesson. Um, It's possible that I could give a quiz today and they would not pass it on the different provisions of what each platform or each reform group hope to accomplish. But I think they have a sense of what the purpose was for the movement and they could connect it with the need for modern day reform because they use modern music. They use music that was familiar and it was interdisciplinary because they use music. They use creative artistic designs in what they used as their slides. Uh, You could say some of them use dance for their choreography. And I think that's what made it um, memorable for them. Okay, so you said you've been teaching for 40 years. Um, I'm not sure how long you have done this particular lesson, but I know that over time, Every every lesson evolves and changes. What what's something that you have learned as a result of this lesson, either about the 
the lesson in and of itself or about the students or about learning or about yourself? Yeah, I've actually learned to trust the students because, you know, for a great deal of my time, you know, each year I get better. I like to say that I'm not as good this year coming up as a teacher as I hope to be next year. It's like a work in progress. And one of the things that I've learned is to trust them that sometimes at the beginning of my career, I felt like I had to have my thumb on everything. Like I had to lay out all of the directions and all of the guidelines. And I've learned over years that my class, it's, I always say my pedagogy is based on bell hooks and teaching to transgress that you want to have an exciting classroom, but exciting doesn't mean chaotic. And what exciting is, is relevant and authentic. So I had to evolve as a teacher myself to relinquish control. And so each year, yeah, this this project, I built on it as years went on. The first year we studied reform movements, it was probably just your traditional PowerPoint presentation. And then I felt that there was more that we could do with it. And adding in the music, adding in the performances um, really makes a difference. It really does. Yeah. Listeners, you can't see me, but I have just been smiling and nodding the whole time. (laughs) And part of that is because I just kept thinking, I wish I would have had you as a history teacher. I absolutely dreaded going to history class. And I I would always say that history could have been the most exciting class of all. Uh, I wholeheartedly believe that the arts are essential to how teachers teach and how students learn. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being the living example of, of what that looks like for students. And thank you for being here today and for sharing a piece of your classroom and your teaching with us. Do you have any final words or anything that you would like to leave the listeners with? Um, I do wish I had been your history teacher. (laughs) Trust me. I had, I, again, I had that teacher as well. I had that teacher. And I think from that experience, I knew what I thought history could be, you know, about the stories Mm -hmm. and just giving my students an opportunity to discover the stories and to create their own stories. So, and with that, I say thank you for giving me the opportunity to share, you know, one of the stories that I hang on to as my role as a history teacher. Okay. Well, thank you again. And I hope you have an absolutely wonderful rest of your evening and an even better tomorrow. absolutely and you as well I hope that everything works out for you as well thank you for listening to the latest series of Voices from the Classroom the State Teacher of the Year podcast let's keep the conversation going please share these lessons on social media with the hashtag ntoy22 that's hashtag ntoy22 you can also catch up on the last two seasons on our website at ntoy.ccsso.org. While you're there, you can also learn more about and find ways to support all of our efforts to elevate teacher voice through the National Teacher of the Year program. Until next time.